Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. John! What? Red 7! I don't know what Red 7 means. Hot route! I don't. W- what is hot route? Will you just go stand on the other side, please? Down! Come on! Ready! Down! Set! Hut! Hut! what we call a sack lunch. It's time for the Soonerscoop.com postgame show presented by Eskridge Lexus in Oklahoma City. Eskridge Lexus is the official travel partner of Soonerscoop.com podcasts. Now, here's your road crew, Carrie, Eddie, and Bob, wrapping up all the action and reaction from this week's game. It is the Eskridge Lexus postgame podcast where uh, we once again, at least half of us, uh, are actually in an Eskridge Lexus uh, driving back from Nebraska. So it's time to uh, pod. We welcome in Eddie. Bob is driving. I was like, uh, I, well, I hope Bob's driving. Eddie, are you driving in doing the podcast? Please tell me no. I am. Uh, I'll officially no comment on that. <laughs> But the hey, let me tell you about the RX three fifty, my friend. Yeah, it it's a nice been, car. It has been awesome. I, I really like the, those RXs, man. They they're like the top sellers for a reason. Those things are really nice. We've had those a few absolutely. times. Absolutely. So absolutely. Now you it's have like great, the you great have, drive. You got the like the head up display and all that on that one. Yeah, I. <laughs> it took me a second uh, when I was kind of fiddling around and uh, setting up the Bluetooth. It took me a second because I didn't really know how to use. This might surprise you, but the uh, Hyundai Elantra does not have a mouse pad uh, to control like the uh, the television screen or whatever, the Mm -hmm, the screen on the uh, dashboard. And it took me a couple uh, more than five minutes to figure out how to use it. But once I got it cooking, it was uh, it's been a lot of fun to drive. All right. Well, you guys uh, are headed back to Nebraska. You and uh, from Nebraska, you and Bob, uh, and we didn't really know what to expect when this thing kicked off today. Yeah. Uh, but I think we can officially now say uh, that Brent Venables has started to change the culture of Oklahoma football because we finally had a game. Bob wrote this in his article. I said it on on Twitter after, uh, maybe even during. Like, uh, we finally watch an Oklahoma team today not play down to their opponent, which I can't remember the last time that that happened. It was, you know, it, and I, I think that we're obviously catching a lot of heat on the boards right now uh, because of some of our pregame predictions, and rightfully so. I mean, I, I thought today was a massive step in the right direction for the Oklahoma football program. Don't get me wrong. Nebraska is not a good football team. They are in a bad way right now. But, I mean, Truly, when was the last time they Oklahoma came out and hit? The, they came out and socked Oklahoma in the mouth. Like, sure, I'm, I'm sure. sorry, but like that in the past, that happens. We've seen it. We're scarred, uh, and then we've seen it go downhill from there. We've rarely seen a team come out on the road, hit Oklahoma in the mouth, and have them come right back thanks to a Dylan Gabriel 61 yard touchdown run, uh, and then just take that bitch over because that's what they did today. It was unbelievable, and you could just feel the momentum shift in the stadium, especially getting out of a third and seven hole before the sixty-one yarder for Gabriel. Uh, it just the whole thing. It, it was pure dominant performance, a thorough ass whooping, and you know, I, I I think that now it's like if you we talked about this on the unofficial forty this past week. It's like today was going to be kind of that first step, that first road game before you get into conference play, and we'll get to Kansas State in a second, but. You get it. It feels good. They played extremely well defensively. I thought they uh, they set the tone, and uh, I think that this is starting to become a little bit of an identity for Oklahoma. Is they're getting a bunch of sacks, they're getting a bunch of tackles for loss, and I think that feeds into what the offense is doing. And the run game came together. Eric Gray must be a listener of the uh, the post game podcast because he gave a big middle finger to all of us today. It was just it was a dominant performance, Kerry. I, I when. That's the best first half of football since 
2017 Rose Bowl. I got a lot of people saying that on uh, Twitter today. That was that was an ass whooping. I believe that's the most points they've scored on the road in a first half since 2018. Was the stat that was that I saw floating around out there. By the way, I I, I want to say this. Uh, I'm going to apologize a little bit in advance. Eddie is actually in a moving car. Uh, as he is uh, doing the pod with me. So we're going to have some audio issues here and there. You can hear it beeping uh, in the background. So uh, just stay with us. Uh, we will get through this, and uh, it might go in and out a little bit uh, as we go along, but we wanted to, it was more important for us to get a post-game pod out than it was to have perfect audio, which I know I've been guilty of doing that in the past, and I think I have you back now, Eddie. Um, but I'm not, I'm, I'm not dropping a bunch of F-bombs, I swear. We're not taking out audio. Right. I was just explaining to them that you are in a moving car and you know, yeah. we're going to be up and down yeah, a little yeah, bit yeah. with the audio stuff. But no, I mean, look, the, the, the offense, I mean, it was clear. I mean, and, and I need you to set the scene because it was pretty clear that Dylan Gabriel was a little, uh, little unnerved. And, and it sounded like a great crowd on television. It had to be pretty good in person. Uh, but it sound it, I mean, it sounded like it was at least good enough to kind of get to Dylan Gabriel a little bit early in that game. No, and especially after Nebraska jumps up on, uh, you know, their first series, they take it down and they go up 7 nothing, And, I you know, they have their backs up against the wall on that third and seven before he breaks off the long run. And you're thinking, here we go. Like, they're, they're going to be in a dogfight all afternoon. And they just went and took it. I mean, you know, Jaron Kanak talks about a lot after the game. And, and this is kind of a, a talking point, I think, within the locker room throughout the week is you control the volume. And I, they did just that. Uh, they kind of reclaimed everything, took, took back the momentum. And uh, the rest was kind of history. I mean, after, the, after they tied it up, it seemed like the defense came out. Deshaun White had that big sack. Bob and I were talking about that before we started. And it just seemed like things shifted and there that little bit of doubt that maybe, you know, you weren't thinking about it if you're a Nebraska fan going into the week. It almost seemed like everything began to avalanche on them. And, you know, I again, I don't think Nebraska is a particularly good football team, but the way that Oklahoma dominated that first half, I think, speaks volumes about the direction of this program right now. Uh, you know, Nebraska fans, I thought for the first, you know, five minutes of the game, that was one of the cooler. I mean, we've been a lot of places. We've been to Tennessee, gone to Ohio State to cover games, Tallahassee. That was one of the cooler moments that I've been down on a field for, I thought. Just from all the pomp and circumstance before the game, it was really, really neat. And It's a good place know, to I, watch a game, for, and you really feel like everything is on top of yeah. you. Yeah. It's forty-two to seven, and I mean, half the they had truly not a whole lot of people had left even at forty-two to seven after Oklahoma scores on the opening drive of the third quarter. It it's it's kind of a remarkable, special place that they can pack that place with ninety thousand after firing Scott Frost, and the people seem almost unaffected by it. And we talked to you know Nebraska fans at the Malachi Coleman's game on Thursday night, uh, last night in Fremont watching. Uh, Cade McIntyre, there really was like a rejuvenation within the fan base after Scott Frost and kind of being able to breathe and move forward with what I think a lot of people knew was eventually coming. And for Oklahoma to perform the way that they did, it was incredible. Like you cannot cannot have the scoreboard page up on ESPN.com because the Home Depot plays every five seconds. I'm sorry. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I swear to God. I just want to look at scores. I just want to be abreast of scores. But ESPN, you suck with your stupid autoplay ads all the time, all right? Uh, no, I, I mean, it was it was impressive. And, and I, like you said, we know Nebraska's not any good. But they're, you know, how many times have, have OU fans looked at other teams like Alabama uh, and said, why is it that we can't step on somebody's throat like they do? They, when yep. when we get up, like, why do we always let teams back into it? And, it, you know, it reminded me a lot. It's like the more we see Brent Venable's coach and, and the way he coaches and the things he demands from his team, you would never have Brent Venable's coming out like Lincoln Riley did last year at 9-0 and saying, you know, complaining and whining and crying that people were acting like they had lost nine games. Like, because, you yeah. know what? He understands 
winning is just not enough. It's it's the way that you right. win. Like and, and Brent Venables is not going to se- settle for a team that wins shitty. He's just not going to. Like and and because he has that standard, his team is living up to that standard. Yeah, you know, we can get into all his slogans and the best is the standard and all that stuff. But you're never going to have to worry about knowing as a fan that your team is playing like shit but still winning and that being okay or or a coach demanding that you be okay with it. And I mean, to me like the more I go through this stuff, the the more last year just pisses me off in the way that the fans got treated. By Lincoln it's, Riley specifically. I, I don't know any other way to say it. And it's it's such a cliche, like kind of roll your eyes bullshit line. But the culture right now within the program just and, – and we talked about this back during the spring, the way that the players were answering questions, the confidence within one another. I mean, it, it's kind of special in a way. And I don't, I don't know how to really like – put it into words, but just some of the stuff that you see before. If you saw the video that I tweeted out from like right before they take the field, Brent's like in front of him and he's given this like, this is Sparta basically like pep up speech. And there's just a certain look that they have that they just haven't had in a long time down there. And I, it all kind of goes back to the culture that, that I think that they're building right now within the program. And, you know, I guess in a way, it's three games in. They got their first road win today. And, you know, it, it just feels different. And that's why you kind of wonder, like, to take steps week. Defensively, though, I mean, they I, – I think the biggest thing that I take away from today is defensively, Nebraska was a good offense. And after that first drive, what was the stat that was being thrown around? The 73 yards on the first series? The 70, and then yeah, 70, 70 the rest of the half? Something like 77 and 73 or something. I, I, I don't have it right in front of me. But I mean, they were – OU's playing dominant defense through the first three games. That I, I, I don't know any other way to describe like the night and day difference right now within the program than – Yeah, I mean it, it. It's 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 extraordinarily different, and uh, I I think Eddie, I, you might give it a minute here. We're having some connections issues, but uh, no, I think the 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 thing about it is is like these players they believe what the coaches are telling them, and then you go out and you see like a Jaden Davis play well today, and I thought Deshaun White was playing his best game before he got the targeting penalty. Uh, and I mean, you just see guys. It's like Marcus Stripling came in and had a really good series. Uh, and even though you yeah. know Reggie Grimes really wasn't that noticeable today, uh, you had Jalen Redmond step. I mean, they had four sacks today. They had nine tackles for loss. Like this was a team you know, last year that was good in the tackles for loss. But I mean, we're now talking about a team that is uh, you know overtaking everyone else in this conference as far as a disruptive defensive force by leading the conference in tackles for loss and leading, uh, I mean, one of the tops in the country. So, um, you know, it's, it's a defense that believes that what their coaches are telling them is going to make them better on game day, and then they go out there on game day, and they're better. And they haven't experienced yeah. that before. I mean, other than, and I know Brent has his slogans, but, you know, the speed D thing, it never materialized into, you know, a dominant defense. I, you know, it, it certainly helps when you have defensive staff that, you know, has, has the resume that these guys came in with. Obviously, Brent is renowned as one of the best defensive coordinators in the country, and I think it's very easy to buy into what they're selling, knowing these guys have been to the top of the mountain. OU's just trying to get to where these guys have already been, and I think that that, that, that goes away to the locker room. They don't, know any else, they don't know anything else other than to believe in – what these guys are preaching to them and what they're trying to build. And it's coming to fruition out on the, uh, out on the field. And, you know, for a guy that didn't play a week ago, I thought Key Lawrence came in, even though he didn't get the start. I thought he came in and obviously has the pick late in the game, but I thought he came up and played pretty well as well. I mean, was there a guy defensively that just had a, a rough night? I'd, it would be, I'd be hard pressed to find one. No, I mean, you had the one, the one play at the beginning that was, uh, Harmon and, and Broyles let the receiver behind him, 
And then there was never anything even close to being that egregious the rest of the game. Not yeah. even close. They, they were just they were they were incredible. And you know, I, I think that it starts in the middle with David Wegbu and Danny Stutzman and kind of what they brought to the program. Uh, their elevated play. They're the guys getting the calls into the defense. And you know, just talking to David after the game, he's just a completely different person. And you know, for the first time in a long time, it we we talked about. Well, he's really. It seems like they're high on him. It seems like he's making strides during the spring. And for the first time in a long time, you're starting to see some of this come together on Saturdays. And that has to be exciting, uh, obviously, for those guys personally, but for the fan base to actually be able to see, you know, some of what the coaches come in during the spring or during the preseason and talk about, and they're actually going out and proving it on Saturdays. Well, and I think you, you mentioned people on the boards. I mean, we're we're used to kind of tempering expectations after everything that's happened the last couple of years, like... I thought, I think I said this on the pod last week, like I could have seen this being like a 35-24 game. Uh, you get past it, you move on, and, and you know, and you know, just be happy with that. But, like, <laughs> Brent Venables would never be happy with that. The players would never be happy with that. And here's the other thing, Eddie, that stood out to me today is, you know, you have your two first games against UTEP and Kent State. It became glaringly obvious, especially Jeff Lebby, uh, and some of the blitz and stunts and stuff you saw, like they held a lot back. They they treated this like it was a big game. So if you want to sit here and say, "Oh, you guys, uh, you know, you you totally hyped up Nebraska Nebraska too much, and they were never any good, and you guys should have known that." Look, these coaches treated this game like it was a big damn deal, like it was going to be a dogfight. The Braden Willis, uh, you know, uh, what trick a perfectly play. called I mean, play. What a perfectly executed play. At that, the dial the brain. Yeah, I think we're getting into the audio issues again. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, you we're, we're, we've lost you pretty much, Eddie. Uh, no, but I mean, I mean, Joel Clyde okay. talked about it. And by the way, uh, I, I know if you were at the game, you didn't see this, and I haven't seen an update. It was very odd that uh, Joel Clatt announced that at halftime that. Uh, that uh, uh, why am I blanking on Gus Johnson? Uh, that announced Gus. he was under the weather and he would not return for the second half. So uh, I did, can't say that I've ever seen that before. But hopefully Gus Johnson's okay because that's you know you got to be pretty sick to bow out of a broadcast, especially a big noon kickoff broadcast. So Eddie, I don't know if we got a better connection with you yet, but yeah, you know what? You know what's crazy. I saw Gus Johnson sitting like outside of the booth before the game, before I went down to the field mm-hmm. and he was not doing well. Like he, his head was in his hands. And I remember thinking like, that's kind of strange that he's just sitting out in the hallway. He's not in the booth right now. And, uh, like he had a shoe off, like he had a cast on his foot. I don't know what that was all about. It just, that Holy was crap. very odd. And then to find out that he had to leave the broadcast booth, uh, certainly hope he's okay. Yeah, that's a little scary. I didn't, I didn't know about the whole wearing a cast and all that stuff. That's kind of scary. Um, but, I mean, get back to kind of what we saw. It, it, I mean, I think the point I was trying to make before you cut out was just like the coaches treated this like it was a pretty damn big game by, by the way yeah. that they pretty – not that they sold out, but they held a lot of stuff back for Nebraska on offense and defense. No, they did, and I don't, I don't know if I was breaking up there, but that was a perfectly timed uh, and executed play on the throwback to Braden Willis, uh, to Marcus Major, because that was one of those moments where you go, you can start extending yourself. You can start building a lead and uh, kind of running away with this, and that's just something that we haven't seen an Oklahoma team do in a while. It goes back to this idea of you're setting a uh, kind of a foundation defensively and setting up your offense to go build a lead, and that's what they did. And so I think that's kind of exciting in a way. And they did it. I don't know about you, Kerry, but Bob and I were talking about this as we were leaving Lincoln. I didn't think Dylan Gabriel just played outstanding today. No. He missed throws early, and they did that without him just being unbelievable today. And I think that that's exciting. And, you know, I don't know if it just had anything to do with Wanya Morris getting back in, but it seemed like once he got into the game, Things settled down. Like everybody took a deep breath and they really started to find some success on the ground. 
Well, and you mentioned it before too. Uh, our, you know, the the Eric Gray anti fan club here at Sooner Scoop. Like, hey, we'll continue on. We'll we'll continue saying that we don't think you're the best back on the team if that helps. You know, with days like this. Uh, but he was impressive. I mean, Marcus Major did some impressive things. Uh, you got to see a 31 yard run from Javante Barnes. Uh, most of his his runs today were just kind of plowing into the line and eating clock and. Got to see a little bit of Davis Bevel. First turnover by the day, by the way, of the year uh, happened today with the the backups. Some of those, in. some of those snaps were really bad today from Raim. I, I mean, obviously it didn't affect anything in a forty nine fourteen game, but you know you get into the Cotton Bowl or something, and that's that's a big deal, and that's that's this kind of small shit that I would imagine. Jeff Levy and Brent Venables or Bill Beatenbow can go back to this week and say that's not good enough. Like you have to get that shit figured out. Yeah, and and the other thing that I really took from it is Jalil Farouk is almost ready to be a weapon in this offense. I mean, he was yeah. very close on several occasions. Did have a touchdown catch. That was one of the great throws that Dylan Gabriel did make today. Pretty, pretty uh, just, ball. Just is his best throw of the day, I think by far. Uh, and then you know, seeing Theo Weiss get involved, you saw a little splash of Blake Stoops or Blake Drake Stoops there in the beginning. Uh, but you just kind of start to see some of these weapons develop, and uh, and maybe that was part of the plan with Jeff Levy. Like he he wasn't going to work too much on getting Eric Gray out in space, and he seemed like he had more room to run today. But just you go up and down that line, and I mean, we don't need to say anything about Marvin Mims. I mean, the guy's a stud. Uh, and it was nice seeing, you know, you didn't have the, the opportunities in the kickoff return game today, but the punt return game was a weapon today, and that's the first time we've really seen that this year. After the first uh, punt return today, or it might have been the second punt return, carry. it was the longer one of the two. He now has more punt return yards in three games than he did last season. Think about that. Yeah, because they never let him run the ball back. I mean, it's just... That's the kind of stuff when you talk about like getting pissed off about the way things were last year. It just it's it's almost bewildering to me the lack of I, I guess attention that they had in special teams. Now the the Zach Schmidt missed field goal that's worrisome. You can't be missing thirty nine yard field goals, but just the inattention to detail within the program a year ago. It, it truly like it's an overused line, but it's night and day. It truly is night and day different. You know, we're kind of spoiled, though. I mean, it's not like Austin Seibert was making every 39-yarder. I mean, we're spoiled because of Gabe Burkich. He got it a little bit chunky, I think. I Supposedly, he said that uh, – or I, I, he didn't say that, but Brent said that Yeah, I he heard took that. a little turf with him. And, you know, I, it, I think that that's that kind of stuff. I'd rather somebody say that he chunked one than he hit it right and just missed it. You know, I maybe it's an excuse. We'll let it fly this time in a in – a, a, 35-point win, but uh, I'm not terribly worried about that. I thought on the replay, um, when, or when they showed it on TV, I felt like he had kind of leaned forward a little too early, and maybe that kind of threw off his Timing. swing. Yeah. Like, it seemed like he was expecting the snap to come sooner than it did, and his body was moving forward before the ball was even snapped. So I, it, does, yeah. it seemed like there was a little timing issue on that miss. So, But, no, I mean... Look, there's a lot of good things to take from today, uh, but again, I just think overall the direction of this program right now after three games and a first road game where even you said it, you, you've experienced few environments like that. Um, and you know, you look around college football today and the world is a crazy place that we live in. I think I saw someone, uh, some national person, I, it might have been Skip Bayless, I don't know, uh, I don't think it was, uh, but they basically, they basically skip was on the bandwagon today, man. <laughs> I know I saw, uh, but no, I think somebody, I saw somebody that said best teams I've seen so far, one Georgia two Oklahoma, like that's how much they made an impression today. Well, I mean, you have Stuart Mandel already backtracking. Oh my God. He's had the, the worst day. I mean, the, like today is the day that it all came like the shit storm hit Stewart today. Kansas beat Houston, so they've won. They're now three and zero. I don't know what's going on in the Texas game because think ESPN. Um, and Kansas State loses to Tulane at home, 
And now you're looking at that. Now, I guess now it's the trap game. Kansas State is now a trap game since they were supposed to be the the dark horse underdog. I, I'm, I'm just going to tell you, man, I, I know Nebraska fans know this, but you guys got to stop you know, pumping up Adrian Martinez like he's somebody. Yeah. He, he's not a good quarterback. He I saw Kleiman say after the game today. they got to get him to be able to kind of unleash it. And, I mean, I mean he's been – He's basically been ruined by Scott Frost. I mean, is that what it comes down to? <laughs> I was kind of glad they got Charles Thompson out of the game today. I didn't want to see him get killed. K- Casey, Casey, or Casey Thompson. Sorry, <laughs> Charles would have. He might have died out there today. <laughs> no, and 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 Casey so Charles was much faster. Quicker. If they didn't take him out of the game, I mean, the the type of pressure that he was under, oh. and you know, it sucks that Deshaun gets thrown out of the game. On that targeting, it is what it is. You can't leave with the crown of the helmet. I got a great shot of it, though. I mean, I th- I thought it was clean watching it live. Yeah, that was about textbook one hundred and one. Yeah, it was. It was basic. You, you you he lowered his head right in the chest with the crown, like yeah. I'm I I think he was on the sideline before the review even started. He was yeah. like, yeah, I'm, I, that was that was targeting. It was it was it was just a dominant performance, man. I I don't know any other way to say it. And I it's like we've said time and time again here on the post game pod. It's just it's refreshing to see to be able to go up there and kind of face that adversity early and just kind of sidestep it and punch right back. Uh, I'm going to tell you this though, Eddie. Like being on Twitter all game, a lot of OU fans don't know how to handle today. Like, it's a strange experience to watch OU just go out and take care of business and dominate and not let another team back in it. And, I mean, that second half was boring. Boring. It was that game was over. And you knew it was over, but you wondered, could they let him back in? And then the backups are in there, and and they're they're getting stops, and you're like, what world am I living in? Because, like, Mike Stoops and, and Alex Grinch... They didn't even have to bring up whole, bring in wholesale backups. If they brought in a corner and a safety, they were giving up plays, and the yeah. other team was scoring points. Like they're playing entire entire second and third units, and they're stopping the offense on the other side of the ball. It's it's a very strange sensation, and I felt it too. I know the fans were feeling it. It's going to take getting used to having a good defense, having a capable well, defense. I- and it, it, I mean, Brent read off like the uh, after the scoring drive to open the game. He read off like the uh, the play by play. You know, it's like punt, 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 punt. Right. Yeah, I, out, I heard that. Yeah. It's, it's just like it's almost weird to hear it that way because it isn't what Oklahoma fans have been used to over the last couple of years. And you know, I again, I I don't think that Nebraska like their offensive line is terrible, but. The type of pressure and just the physicality that Oklahoma had today, they were pretty good tackling again outside of, you know, Jaden Davis misses that tackle at the beginning of the game. Uh, outside of that, though, they tackled well again today. Now, there were some, there were some I guess, Jared Kanak had a couple of just 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 wide open shots at the quarterback that he'd miss. So. Yeah, they, and I think that, like, stuff like that's going to come with time. But, you know, the, the, the bad or the good, far outweighed the bad as far as Jaron Kanak goes when oh, he yeah. had to come into the game. I mean, the kid is going to be unbelievable when it's all said and done, when Brent gets done with him. I think I think Brent even talking about Jaron, like, he gets excited just as much as the fan base gets watching Seven out on the field. Yeah, no, it's a... It's, uh, there's definitely a, kind of a teacher's pet vibe there. Um, I mean, like... Just everything he's gone through and, and to decommit from Clemson when basically he went out of his way to come play for Brent. I think he really appreciates that. It seems like he does. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, the, I think the thing to note, though, is he came in and played Cheetah. Like, that. that's, you know, that's how athletic that guy is. And people were griping on, on Twitter on and, and the scoop mentions about why didn't Brent ever blitz. He he called it up today, and he had some wide open blitz. Like you could tell, he ran some stuff today that he hasn't run in a while because Nebraska offensive line just let guys run free at times. Do you think that, like, if if you could really, 
I, I hate to break out the Jim Traver truth serum, but if if you could have a one-on-one conversation with Brent, you think he even he's a little surprised how quickly this has come together? And I, again, they've played three games. They haven't really accomplished a whole bunch. But, I mean, like you said, they're, they're top five in the country right now. They've led the power five in tackles for loss coming into today and only added to that total. Do you think he's a little surprised how quickly this has come together? I would say yes, but I would also say he'd never admit that, and he'd say they still have to get better. Sure. I mean, sure. I think I think no matter how good it gets, I think he's still going to keep pushing for it to be better just because he's trying to establish that baseline with his players. But, yeah, I think deep down they're like, okay, this has not been a disaster. This is actually working pretty well. I mean, they've allowed, what, 30 points in the first three games? I think, oh, you tweeted it out. Somebody tweeted it after the game. They've allowed 30 points in the first three games. They allowed 35 to Tulane a year ago in the opener. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 been very good. It's it's been like I said. I thought I thought they'd score twenty four points today. Yeah, and, and I thought Oklahoma I, I mean, would score thirty five. I mean, so they're way surpass my expectations at this point. It been like I said. Part of that is just years of being beaten down and expecting the worst and never being expected to finish a team and always playing down to the level of the team you're playing even though you know you have better... I mean, it goes back to Kyler. I mean, it goes back to Iowa State and Baker. I mean, I, it's just... You, you've seen it so much. This team would have been in a shootout with a bunch of... Like, last year's team would have been in a shootout with Nebraska today. Yeah, I, well, I, I mean, they kind of were a year ago. No, I, I truly believe that. I Last year's team would have been in a complete shootout with Nebraska today. And also, it, every quarterback that they played a year ago would look really good. Yeah. I mean, like... like Pratt, I just got kicked out of the Kansas press box a year ago. <laughs> the because pre- the quarterback would, threw for 300 yards. I mean, it's just... I, it's something to be said about the work they've put in, obviously, but... It's I mean, people just, are... People are... are their, their praise of Adrian Martinez is almost directly related to the fact that he almost brought Nebraska back against Oklahoma last year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and the Pratt kid from Tulane, a nice player, uh, and he won today in Manhattan, but everybody thought he was going to be like a dark horse Heisman guy after that game a year ago. Yeah. And it, Casey Thompson... Casey Thompson was not anywhere near the quarterback he was a year ago for Texas. No, he they they got after him pretty good. And I think that like those first couple series after the touchdown to tie it up after the Gabriel touchdown, they just completely took control of the game. And a lot of that has to do with Oklahoma coming out and forcing three and outs and never letting Nebraska punch back. Yeah. And it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see you know what what happens with Martinez and how well he plays next sure. week. But and I said this before the game, I think it was on radio. But to me, Casey Thompson is the 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 lowest running threat that they're going to face. Like of all these, like I don't really look at Casey as a dual threat quarterback because he can run, but he's not a big guy, and he he really does stay in the pocket and want to throw the ball. Yeah. He doesn't look to run. Like, I think the Schlee guy was a better runner than he is. And I think UTEP's quarterback was probably a better runner than he was. I'd probably agree with that. Yeah, I'd agree with that. But it was it was hard to watch. I mean, I was glad that uh, they it, finally got him I mean, him Davis Bevel came into the game with 7-11 left in the third quarter. I know. It was just, a, it was one of those things that was like, what are they going to do? Like, you can't just keep Dylan Gabriel in the game because they're just going to keep scoring. Yeah, it was. I'm sure they, it was not fun for them to manage that. No, I because you don't want to necessarily just embarrass them. I mean, I know. And they put, fans that's do. when they kind of put Barnes in there, and they just let him just stick his head in the middle of the pile. It's like, and it was just kind of killing clock. Yeah, which is almost, I guess, in a way. Almost more disrespectful that you're just like, yeah, this game's over. I know that there's eight minutes left in the third quarter, but we're done here. <laughs> All right, offensive line wise, yeah, I mean, the the protection I, was I, fantastic. I don't want to. Well, and I think 
Nebraska's defensive line not very good. No, we said they're, that before the awful game. Awful defensively, but I thought that they played a lot better. There were holes being opened today that just simply haven't been there over the last two games. What was amazing was like, oh, you couldn't move them around, and then Gabriel had that sixty-one yard run, and it just seemed like their whole defense fell apart from that point. Yeah, there and like I don't know if you could tell on television. But and we talked about this on the unofficial forty going into the game. Nebraska's speed defensively oh. is just atrocious. I mean, I it's a bunch of tryhards out there. It, they're just it. It's hard to watch a once proud program just be so terrible defensively. I mean, did you see the? A, did you see the video? I think it was a, a OU Knightley kid that took it before the game. I bet you haven't seen it yet. So. I guess some Nebraskan Big Ten officials were standing there as Oklahoma was coming out of their locker room for warm-ups. And you hear one of them say, they're just a little bit bigger than our guys are. Really? And the other guy's I mean, like, the other guy's kind of laughing. He's like, you're not kidding. When was the last time somebody said that about an Oklahoma team? Like the, the We're used to saying that about the Alabama, Alabamas, yeah. the Georgias of the world. Now, yeah. Don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah, OU is not on the same playing field as a Georgia or an Alabama right now. But it, it's just good to see, like, even the strength, too. Uh, I, You know, it, it the work with Schmitty throughout the summer is kind of coming to the forefront. Like, somebody smarter than I on that, Space Mon or somebody would have to talk about it. But it's, it's not, it's just, it's, it's completely different than it has been. And I, you know, you're three games into this now, and you know I, I I found myself wondering in the second half, like if they take steps each week, how good can this team be at the end of the year? Today was pretty pretty good. I mean, I I almost want to just say you know like do our little spiel of like, okay, what could be better? But I don't really know. I mean, when you're up by forty nine to seven, and it's essentially you know five six minutes past halftime. It's like I, 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 I have a hard time judging that. I mean, or, yeah. or judging well, anyone. Gonna be, it, it's going to be kind of fun to see like this week, and they're going to talk about breaking it down to the studs and all the stuff that we've heard here over the first month of the season, uh, which you know totally is true because that's, that's the way that they talk around the program right now. But there's going to be a lot of people, and because it was a big noon kickoff, that are – you know, the Stuart Mandels of the world that are going to come back around and say, well, now, wait a second. Like, I saw that they put up some graphic that had the top five hires during the season, and Brent Venables wasn't even on it. He hadn't been on any of those. He hadn't been on any of those. Like, how can you watch how Oklahoma's playing defensively right now and just the confidence that those guys are playing and not give some kind of credit right now to what Brent has kind of built in a foundation right now within the program? It's just... It, it's crazy to me. I will say this. I'll say this, Eddie. During the broadcast, there was a big, like, it was like Joel Klatt kind of got, he kind of dug in on this, but he mentioned time and time again, like, you know, this has been a program that has been in the college football playoff, and this is what they've been missing. The, the defense that I'm seeing is what they were missing. And so th- this narrative is now going to change like, all of a sudden, you can't believe it is because, again, you're so used to people just shredding Oklahoma's defense and their reputation to fall so far and this and that. Now people are switching on a dime saying that now Oklahoma has a defense that can win a college football playoff. Yeah. And good for the, some of the guys that were on some of those just atrocious teams, namely somebody like a Justin Broyles, who's playing pretty good football right now. Uh, to kind of be a part of it and be a part of like spearhead in this thing to get it turned around. I'm not going to crown him quite yet because obviously there's a lot of season left, but just watching the way that some of these guys play and the confidence that they're playing with it, it's kind of special the way that they're putting all of this together right now. By the way, uh, real quick, uh, Eddie mentioned at the top of the podcast, our official travel partner, uh, is Eskridge Lexus. I was, Actually, just there on Friday, getting my 10,000-mile uh, service on the, uh, the old IS, and uh, ran into uh, a, a big fan of the unofficial 40, uh, he and his wife, and uh, he's a big fan of Josh and I. He's still not sure on Eddie. 
He's, That's okay. He's 60, so, you know. I'm an acquired taste. <laughs> uh, but, uh, no, he was. his wife had been T-boned. Uh, that's not a sex thing. That's uh, when someone rams into the side of your car. And so uh, they were desperate to uh, get a new car. And uh, Ed and the guys hooked him up with an L-certified model. I think they got an RX. Uh, and they, they were able to get them one with like 3,900 miles on it. Uh, but they were just tickled pink to be able to get that. And uh, want you guys to know that, yeah, the, the inventories are, are limited, uh, but they are improving. I know uh, right now they have my twin's car, my car in a 2022 model, exact same car. Uh, so if you want to be twinsies, go down and get one and then let me know. Um, but uh, the what you're driving is the L certified pre-owned vehicle, and uh, I'm sure you could probably tell people you'd, you'd think it's a brand new car. It's so nice, dude. It's been awesome. It's 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 a great car, and especially for some of these you know sh- longer drives, uh, it's comfortable, easy to navigate. I've had a really good time with it. I'm 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 gonna be really sad when I have to turn it in. I might just go on the lamb and never be seen again. You'll have to uh, answer the phone calls from Ed when I don't answer because I love every second of this thing. I think maybe, you know, you could get a couple of payments out of, uh, maybe you get several payments out of your your win, your uh, profits from Make Lindsay Street Great Again. There we go. Yeah, it's been a great, great weekend for the movement. I wish that people could tailgate on uh, next Saturday, although Kansas State did not hold up their end of the bargain uh, no. today with the, the home loss, embarrassing home loss to Tulane. I... Like, what happened up there? I was sitting watching the whole thing. I mean, Kansas State could not move the football. They kept going for it on fourth down. And Tulane, they played their asses off on defense, stuffed everything. Deuce Vaughn couldn't get going. I think maybe he had the runs today. He dis- he disappeared for a while, went to the, the bathroom. And they said he ran to the bathroom, so it didn't look like he was hurt. But then he took a couple of ser- it took him a couple of series to come back. Uh, and but then he was back in the game. Uh, but they limited him, and like I said, Adrian Martinez just not a good quarterback, not a good decision maker. And Willie Fritz, man, the guy can coach. Tulane just, I mean, they just stuck with it, man. I mean, they just Pratt made some big time plays here and there. Uh, they busted off a few runs, busted off a few big passes, uh, and that that defensive line that is so vaunted. Uh, for Kansas State, they you know they had trouble they had trouble getting to Pratt today, so they did a really good job protecting. But Tulane they earned that win, man. I mean, I don't think Kansas State is a terrible team. Uh, I would say that that was boy. I mean, I don't know what's going to go on with uh, Texas tonight, but uh, you know I got to think Kansas State is hurting pretty bad right now after seeing what Kansas is doing. I mean, when was the last time that you could look up and uh, you know the end of September and Kansas had a better record than Kansas State. I mean, Lance Leopold, I mean, I know Nebraska's looking for a head coach. Uh, sorry, Kansas. I mean, what Lance Leopold has done at Kansas is quite remarkable. To get them to be 3-0, and wasn't there over and under at the beginning of the season? Two and a half. Three and a half? It was two and a half. Two and a half? They've already surpassed. They're already yeah. over? Yes. You can cash that ticket already? You can cash that ticket already. Unbelievable. And good for them, man. They've been through so much shit over the last decade plus by the way I mean, good, you, good you, for kansas football you could have cashed your ticket for vanderbilt a week earlier at two and a half because they're three and they were three and one going into the day clark lee man they're they're another good program out there that uh, i not a good program the steps that those guys have made is quite remarkable just to get them playing competitive football both of those schools we're going to know a lot more about the Big 12 tonight. I mean, Oklahoma State it was in a laugher. I mean, absolute bleep show of a game. They they scored in the first 28 seconds of that game uh, on a big touchdown throw. It was like 42-7, to 7, like at halftime or something. Arkansas Pine Bluff. Now, Missouri State was beating Arkansas 17-0 last I saw. 17-0? Yes. Oh. And you know who coaches Missouri State? Bobby, Bobby Petrino, yes. He he should be able to get to ride a, a motorcycle on the field in Fayetteville <laughs> if they pull that off. He should be able to ride his motorcycle out to that that uh, that slobbering hog water fountain and just run it over. 
God, that would be embarrassing. Like put a chain around his his. his I would imagine they'll hog. get back into the game. Yeah, I would think so. But yeah, that would that's definitely a trap game for them. I mean, unreal. Oh, you played Missouri State. They were awful. Yeah. No, they were. They I weren't mean, even. They're not a good football team. Ugh. I mean, it's two years ago, but they were still awful. Sure, sure. And sure. then we'll see what Coming happens. I mean, COVID. Texas, I think they were starting Hudson Card tonight, even though they dressed uh, Quinn Ewers, apparently. They dressed all their quarterbacks. I mean, I just don't I don't like the game playing, man. I just, you get into that Lincoln area when you're doing that stuff. It's just, yeah. it's like just let your coaching do the talking for you and stop playing games. Yep. It just makes me think you're a little bit weak, or, or maybe you're just trying to hide something. Like, what are you? What are you trying to hide? What what's, are you I mean, to... but it's a, kind of like with Brent's. Like, what's the message to your players? Like, we have to disguise or hide things because this because we're afraid the other team might get an advantage, right? Like, they might beat us if they find out who our starting quarterback is going to be. Like, that's a terrible message to send to your team, right? Oh, that shit just wouldn't happen in Norman right now. No. Not the way that Brent's running the program. No. It just, it's quite refreshing, man. I thought that, you know, it's kind of like we opened with. I thought they were going to be in for a dogfight. Nebraska goes down and scores to open the game. And just the response, it, they're, I'm not quite yet to the point of like, oh, this team's special or anything like that. It's just special the way that they played today. I, I, I was thoroughly impressed. Not because they beat a bad Nebraska team, but because they absolutely manhandled a bad Nebraska team. And that's what, if you're a team that wants to make it to a playoff, wants to win the Big 12 championship, that kind of stuff, that's what you go do. And, I, you know, if you're an Oklahoma football fan tonight, I think you can rest easy knowing that the program is headed in a, uh, a very positive direction right now. And just seeing, you know, seeing the Cade McIntyre kid, I couldn't have been more impressed with somebody like that like they're adding football players back into the program right now and they're identifying guys and going to get guys that can be contributors and longtime contributors at at the at the at the school and that's kind of exciting it's night and day different than what it has been you mentioned uh him but let me ask you this do you feel better or worse about malachi coleman after going to nebraska this weekend um can I ask you who the who the head coach at Nebraska is going to be? <laughs> well, he was I was mean, he on his official visit today, or was he just there? I think he was just there. I don't think it was an official this weekend, but you know, I mean, it's very obvious. Him and Mickey Joseph have a very close relationship. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting, though. I I think that him and Joe John he spoke quite glowingly of Joe John in the interview that we did after the game with him on Thursday night. He's a really impressive kid, man. Like you, you look at him and you go, "Yep." Like he's not, he's not like, he's not thick like an OJ Howard was, but size-wise, I mean, it's every. You can see why he is a top fifty guy. Like he is very well put together. He's going to need to probably continue to be get bigger in the strength and conditioning program, but all of those tools are obviously there. Uh, you know, and you know, I, I'm, I, I thought he, I thought he played well. The team that they played was awful. Uh, but you know, he was able to open it up on that long touchdown run that we got on, uh, scoop HD. So he was a very impressive kid. It's going to be OU or Nebraska. There's no you know questions about that. It's just going to be really interesting to see how that wins out. I, I think Oklahoma, like I didn't, I didn't walk away from the post game interview feeling bad about to talk about Joe John and kind of what they're building. And I think Caden Helms is, uh, you know, obviously in his ear. Yeah, yeah. All right, man. Well, uh, you're starting to cut up on us a little bit more, so maybe that signals it's time for us to get out of here. Uh, we've got all the pod stuff figured out. Uh, this should be showing up on iTunes uh, tonight at a decent time. I went through and spent the entire week revamping our entire podcast system, so... From what we've seen so far, it's working beautifully like it always should have. So, uh, But remember, uh, there's the unofficial 40, and there's the Oklahoma Sooners postgame, the Eskridge-Lexus Oklahoma Sooners postgame. But if you just look up Oklahoma Sooners postgame, that's where you'll find us. Uh, 
for post-game uh, podcast. So uh, thanks to Eskridge Lexus. You guys be safe getting home. Uh, we'll see if you make it home or stop in Wichita. Well, I guess we got that to work out along the way. Uh, but uh, in, in look, you guys, you and Bob, I know Bob uh, is sitting there with you, but can't tell you how much I appreciate you guys. You took off Thursday morning. You saw two recruits. You saw a football game. You're coming back. You deserve a little time just to sleep in tomorrow and, and watch some football and enjoy yourselves. Maybe have a beer or something. So. I appreciate it. We have a no sh- we have a no drinking policy on Sunday. There's going to be a lot of college uh, NFL football to be a part of. But uh, again, today was kind of a uh, another notch in the Brent Venables belt. It was a lot of fun to be there. Uh, you know, I think it's going to be one of those games that everybody talks about being there and just the way that they performed today. I think is really exciting heading into conference play and should be rocking at the Palace next week and then. Back-to-back DFW trips with, uh, you know, Texas obviously being that second one. And I think here in three weeks, we're going to really know what this Oklahoma football team is all about. All right, EskridgeLexus.com. Check out our uh, great sponsor. Uh, and if you're looking for a new Lexus, get in line. Let them know what you're looking for. They'll help you out. Uh, also, SoonerScoopStore.com. Uh, appreciate all the orders this weekend. We will be getting those out bright and early tomorrow morning or Monday morning. Uh, and get those to you. So uh, keep on ordering. We'll get them all shipped out on Monday. Uh, and thank you guys for supporting the store as well. So until uh, next week. Hey, after- Carrie. Yes, go ahead. Can I give you a little update from Austin as we sign off? Oh, boy. what it, What is it? Texas San Antonio 17, Texas 7. Wow. Well, I guess I know what I'm They're doing. back. If Texas and USC they are, lose tonight, oh my God, what a night it would be. Do I have permission to drive to Los Angeles if Fresno comes through tonight? <laughs> I'm kidnapping Bob. We're headed out west if oh that happens. Oh my God. We got to get a truckload of Rush 3 Drop 8 if that's the case. No shit. All right, man. That's uh, good stuff. Uh, right. Looking forward to seeing what happens the rest of the weekend uh, with the uh, the college football Uh, and the NFL. So thanks. We'll be back next week after Kansas State, uh, another home game. So looking forward to it. Going to be a good one. Uh, And we'll see you then right back here on the Eskridge Lexus Oklahoma Sooners postgame podcast.